Hey everybody, this is Mark of Mark's Movie Collection, and I just wanted to let you know ahead of time that this, um, this episode goes kind of off the rails, and there are a lot of F-bombs, a lot of foul language. So please, uh, not safe for work. Don't say I didn't warn you, because I'm, I'm warning you literally right this second. So the episode will start in 20... 20 seconds, maybe 10 seconds, uh, after five seconds after this hits 20 seconds and Hey everybody, you know the drill, you know who this is. This is Mark D and, uh, I'm super positive right now. Because reasons. No, I'm not. That is a complete fabrication. I am my normal dour self, perhaps. Dour is a word that I would use. I don't know. Dour is a word, though. Like sour, but different. And uh, this is Mark's movie collection, not Mark's music collection. And we're not watching The Bourne Ultimatum. These are all the wrong things that I've said uh, in the past couple of days. But no, none of those things. Um, this is Mark's movie collection, and I'm continuing my run through HD DVDs, the majority of which I acquired through a good friend of mine named Jose. You might hear a new sound in this one. It's because I made a crazy weird epic sound out of the HD DVD player tray closing. And I hesitate there because I burp and um, because I was kind of hesitant on what to call it. But it is what it is, I would assume. So, there's that. And today, tonight, even this week, perhaps, uh, depending on how you want to assign these things, these time periods, arbitrary, by the way, uh, I'm going to be watching Swordfish, which uh, Swordfish came out in a year. I didn't uh, actually prepare for this. I can actually look at the DVD case. Hey. Swordfish came out uh, bah, bah. Where is it on this DVD case? HD DVD case, mind you. This movie is rated R for Rockus. The French Connection meets The Matrix. If it were any hotter, you'd burst into flames. Is a quote attributed to Mike Sargent from WBAI-FM, New York. Sure. Um, OperationSwordfish.com, I think it had an ARG or something like that, 99 minutes, um, 30% post-consumer, Swordfish, copyright 2001, uh, cool, this, uh, release was copyright 2006 by Warner Brothers Entertainment, and that is cool, Warner Video, blah, 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 bunch of special features, so, this movie, in 2001, uh, and the, the, the tag on the bottom of the word swordfish is password accepted. And then there's a secondary tag. Uh, so that one's on the bottom of the swordfish logo, right? Which proudly, you know, puts up John Travolta, Hugh Jackman, Holly Berry, and Don Cheadle. Uh, definitely a group of actors there. And on the bottom it says, log on, hack in, go anywhere, steal anything. And that might actually be like a line in this movie. And, um, from 2001 until now, my 
my view on computing is definitely different in that I, I actually have a graduate degree in a computing field and I, I take it pretty seriously, pretty seriously anyway. Um, so there's definitely going to be a different take on this movie, but I remember, um, my friend Robert and I watching this movie and we're like, this is the fucking coolest. And we also love the matrix. So the matrix meets the French connection, I guess that's, you know, right up our alley. So there's that. And I'm going to pop this in right now. And yes, it is late at night. And yes, I have been drinking. This is all par for the course. I would love to get to a point where I could do this during daylight hours and not be drinking. But life, life is, it's bigger than you. And you are not me. The lengths that I will go to. But anyway, uh, I'm going to go watch Swordfish and I guess enjoy the cool sound. Maybe enjoy it. Maybe hate it. I don't know. Uh, let me know how the sound goes. Tweet at me uh, at CoolMarkD, Cool with a C, Mark with a K. And let me know how the cool sound D, the cool sound was. Cool Mark D, IT guy, dad, and poor movie nerd, if I didn't say that. That's my, that's my tag, I guess. Generally poor movie nerd. And by poor, I mean bad at it, not financially poor. So, enjoy Swordfish. If you haven't seen it in a while, definitely rewatch it. I think it's going to be fucking interesting. See you on the other side. Hey, so this is uh, coming out the other side of watching Swordfish. And to give you some context, it is a day later, and I have had a disappointing beer encounter that I won't get into. But it was disappointing. And so was Swordfish. I <laughs> Swordfish was beyond disappointing because it was a professionally professionally made movie film i guess in that everybody that worked on it uh, worked really hard and it looked really good and stuff i mean for for the time i guess um but before i get to all of that But before I get to all of that, just from the opening sequence itself, the opening monologue definitely has gone on to inspire a bunch of douchebags on Twitter. Holy fuck. What a goddamn douchebag. I feel like the movie at this point is actually talking about itself and how fucking boosted it is. And then they're, they're, uh, hand holding the lens, right? Um, so instead of having the lens connected, screwed into the camera, you can actually hold the lens, uh, just off of the camera and kind of get a weird variable focal plane and stuff like that. And they're doing this shit all over John Travolta. And it is, frustrating to watch because it's the whole monologue it's like oh random focus plane change it is it is difficult it is difficult to watch it is difficult to listen to this movie to sum it up i think answers the question of what 
Quentin Tarantino would be like if this was the darkest timeline? What would Quentin Tarantino be like if he just was a fuckface? He would have made this movie. There's an opening monologue that it takes place not in chronological order. You're, uh, I, I believe they use the term in media res. Um, and it just, it talks about other movies and, oh, fuck, it's so douchey. It is so fucking bad. And everything is yellow. Everything is fucking yellow in this movie. And I, it hurts my eyes. It actually, it bothers me to watch this movie. And the, what the fuck is up with John Travolta's soul patch? Did nobody like go to makeup and be like, hey, um, maybe we should make him look uh, fucking slightly more normal? What the fuck is up with this thing? This is like um, visually, I guess, experientially even. This is like a mashup of Ocean's Eleven, Gone in 60 Seconds, the Bruckheimer one, Romeo Must Die, and Fight Club. And I, I actually, I did some research on this. I actually had to look this shit up because it was bothering me so much. Because I have seen several of those movies many times. Ocean's Eleven, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Fight Club. I have seen many times. I greatly enjoy them. Um, so, in, set decorator was from Fight Club. Uh, worked also on Fight Club, I should say. Joel Silver was a producer on a bunch of this stuff. Um... Production designer was the production designer for Gone in 60 Seconds. Uh, cinematographer, also director of photography, was the DP for Gone in 60 Seconds. And in the bus sequence, it is so fucking obvious because they do the same shot of the same fucking bridge. Oh my god. It's like, god damn it. It's like, what if all of these aspects were put into a dumb, bad movie? And I hate to, I hate to criticize it like that. It, it, is, it is definitely of the time, but in 2018, this is a dumb, bad movie. This is also, uh, what movie just come out? 2000, 2001. This is almost 20 years later. This fucking movie could vote. So, yeah. I mean, things are, are dumb when they are born. They, they are born stupid. But maybe they don't die hungry. This one would die hungry. But, you know, it's not 2000 anymore. It's 2018 and shit's wildly different. Things are wildly different. And I will, I will jump into that at some point. Um, I do remember the ball bearing uh, special effect. The weird uh, explosion bullet time was super cool at the time. Now it's just um, a bit grisly and dated. That ball bearing effect was so cool, it uh, it probably shopped at Pacific Sunwear and had an Alien Workshop skateboard. That's how fucking cool that ball bearing f fucking effect was in goddamn year 2000. <clears throat> so the one... <laughs> I think there's like one, one trick that this movie does, uh, which is also in the beginning, that I really, really liked. Um, and it's when they have this uh, Torvalds guy this Torvalds guy gets arrested, and for a hot second there, it looks like it's on purpose. 
it looks like, oh, he's going to do a heist from inside. And then he just grabs his bags and he tries to run. And he gets fucking caught. And um, this movie was billed as, like, a hacker movie. And it is motherfucking not. Um, so this guy Torvalds is named after Linus Torvalds, the creator of Linux. And yes, that is how you pronounce that. Or maybe Linus, which his name is Linus, Linux, right? Like HPX, Unix, Unix. But it, there's Uxes. Ux is a thing. So Linux, Minix, so on and so forth. Uh, or is it Minix? Yeah, whatever. Either way. They named a character after Linus Torvalds. Big fucking deal. In the year 2000, Corel Linux was a thing. Like, that was Corel, Corel Draw, and, and Paint, and all these motherfuckers had a Linux. And it was, like, largely incompatible with everybody else. And they're like, this is a good idea. Like, what the fuck planet were we on in the year 2000? I'm looking back at it, and I genuinely want to know. And I don't know if it's the rose-colored glasses or if the movies are just different, but I don't have this problem with other movies. I don't. Like I said, I genuinely, I genuinely enjoy Ocean's Eleven, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Fight Club. I watch them a lot. They do not give me this fucking reaction. Oh, God. And there's EDM everywhere. If there was fucking vape in... in 2000 or 2001, whenever the fuck this movie came out, everyone would be vaping. Even the vaporizers would have vape. This fucking dumb, dude. Hugh Jackman has this one fucking earring that looks so fucking boosted. God. So Vinnie Jones makes an appearance. Vinnie Jones, known as Finkson. Gone in 60 Seconds. Bullet Tooth Tony in Snatch. Uh, I forgot his fucking name in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, but that was good. Vinnie Jones actually a former professional soccer player, and they make him look huge in those movies. Uh, Hugh Jackman is actually taller than Vinnie Jones, up from what I can tell. Hugh Jackman is a tall man, but like TV tall. I think he's like six three. And it's like this movie's like a fucking douchebag's dream. John Travolta has this boosted fucking hair, this stupid like soul patch thing. And he's driving a TVR Tuscan, and, and just Paul Oakenfold plays over him wherever he goes. Like, that is a, a year 2000, 14-year-olds, like, oh, I'm gonna fucking make it, man. Yeah. Like, it is so juvenile and so dumb. And there is this weird, like, hyper-sexualized, hyper-violent, like, thing, um... I'm sure everybody gets into the point where Hugh Jackman agrees to to like visit, I guess, to interview with uh, John Travolta's character, Gabriel. And uh, Hugh Jackman's character's name is Stanley, I believe. Holly Berry's character's name is Ginger. And um, Don Cheadle's character's name is FBI Guy. But these are literally the sum of the characters that matter. But this movie is like this weird fucking 14-year-old hyper-violent, hyper-sexualized male power fantasy because Holly Berry is just literal eye candy, like, uh, like throw around. And, and we, like, factually, like, gratuitous, gratuitous breast shot. Like, I mean, 
literally in the year 2000, that might have been why I, I went to see this movie. Just to see. Because it's Holly Berry. She is gorgeous. So that was like a selling point for this movie. Um, all of the other women are even more stage dressing than Holly Berry. It is fucking crazy. So he interviews in a fucking club and it's playing a pretty fucking sick remix of Planet Rock by Paul Oakenfold. And <clears throat> they hand Stanley, Hugh Jackman's character, the most boosted looking fucking dumb, idiotic boy racer XPS like laptop or not even because I don't even think XPSs were a thing, but Dell laptop. And it says the Dell logo on it, but it is like chrome on the fucking outside. Like somebody could make a laptop right now with a fucking RGB snake on it and it would look professional compared to this thing. The joke there is that somebody does make a laptop with a glowing RGB snake on it. Or maybe it's just green. Maybe that's worse. Anyway, I digress. It is fucking dumb. And, you know, they're like, oh, can you hack into this thing? Like every fucking bullshit kid hacker. Oh, can you hack into this thing? You know? And he's like, yeah, no, whatever. And then they put a gun to his head. And they have what I can only assume to be a sex worker perform oral sex on him while this is happening. And then he, like, succeeds or whatever, even though it was a joke and they weren't going to kill him. And it's like, what fucking 14-year-old is playing this hero in their head. Like, what? And it, it gets worse from there. It only gets worse from there. It only fucking gets worse from there. Like, that's not the worst. It gets worse. Fucking, I mean, thankfully, like, around this point, my HD DVD was not, not fucking having it. Uh, so that one came, and it, it, it's been a little roughed up for, like, no fucking reason. Uh, but it was just the one that, you know, I guess took all the hits in the case or whatever the, the case was. And I must say, I have a huge flight case. I have a huge, expensive flight flight case that holds something like 500 discs. And I opened it for the first time since I moved, which was, um, or since I packed that case up, which was probably well over a year ago. And it was a hot, hot mess. So that being said, you don't, uh, you, you got to look into cases and stuff like that. They don't just, they don't just do their job. Um, they, uh, they need some help. You know, they can go bad. Things can go bad for them. So. <clears throat> fucking HD DVD is trying to die on me. I resuscitated a couple times. Finally, I give up, and I check Netflix, and, well, it's streaming on Netflix. So, after about 32 minutes or so, I, I jumped over to Netflix to continue watching this, uh, you know, bus crash in slow motion. Stanley's, Stanley's last name is Jobson. And I felt like, this is, like, so crucial, like, some fucking... Some writer was like, it's re be really cool if, uh, and I should, I should look this up, but I don't necessarily want to put anybody on blast. 
but some writer was like, hey, what if we named him like Jobson, like Job, like in the Bible, where we take all his shit. And kind of that's what happened. He went to jail for he went to jail for putting a virus into the uh, FBI carnivore program. And the FBI carnivore program, if you do not remember the news around the year 2000, was the mass collection of emails from uh, emails host providers, email providers. And look at where the fuck we are now. You know, Stanley makes this uh, point to give shit to Don Cheadle's character when he confronts him. Like, Stanley, you fucked up. You're going to jail or whatever. He's like, fuck you. That fucking carnivore thing's a piece of shit. And Don Cheadle's like, oh, well, fucking, I guess you're right. And, you know, there's the message, right? But, God, ugh, it's so frustrating because they they tried to do the good thing. They just, they failed. They failed so bad. They failed so fucking bad. And it, it gets worse. That is not the worst. We have not come to the worst. Ugh. I think the one real computer thing that they might have said was that uh, they have a DS3 coming into the house. And yeah, a DS3 was a real thing. I mean, that's about as as, as much as you could get. But um, they set up this computer for Stanley and Stanley for Stan, I guess, uh, for Hugh Jackman. And it, it looks like a... Cur- so in the year 2000, it was even fucking crazier. It was the cool, literally the coolest thing a 12-year-old would draw during break time at school. Instead of, or instead of doing his work, he'd be drawing this computer. Because it had like, um, you know, eight monitors and like four Ikea lights coming off of it. And it was built from tubes. Kind of like how, um, how we have monitor arms now. Uh, but those were chrome. These, these tubes were chrome. Uh, nowadays we have uh, black ones because we're not assholes but i i literally have a monitor mount just like that a dual monitor mount that's a a tube that clamps onto the edge of the desk and has two extensions that hold the monitors it was it was basically those just kind of fucking coming out at nonsensical directions and these were all lcd panels which at the time you have to understand that at the time lcd panels were the shit like, I guess you would compare them to, like, a foldable fucking panel now. Where it'd be like, I could just roll up my computer and take it with me in my pocket. It would have been, like, that equivalent. But, like, that's the computer, right? It's some boosted keyboard, mouse, and all these monitors with some fucking animation playing. It was, like, um... I guess it was the best way of taking the, the Gibson from Hackers which Hackers came out in 1994 and is totally defensible because of that, whereas Swordfish is not. Even less so now, by the way. But it was like taking the Gibson from Hackers and turning it into a PC that would be in someone's house. So that tier of impossible, right? Mainframes were impossible to, like, uh, private citizens, I guess, would be the word for it, in 1994. But by the year 2000, nobody gives a shit about a fucking mainframe because everybody has PCs. Anyway, all of the encryption talk, all of the encryption talk, top to bottom, is like throwaway garbage. It was like somebody's like, hey, I can write a, a random script generator, and they did. 
and they used exactly that. It was really fucking annoying. Um, what else pissed me off? Oh yeah, getting a hundred and ten million dollars uh, illegally and all at once out of the blue is almost having more problems than not having a hundred and ten million dollars. So somebody walks up to you and says, "Hey man, give me a million dollars if you go kill that dude." Just don't do it. Don't do it. The money's going to be your problem. The money's going to be your biggest problem. Don't fucking do it. Just, money does not solve your problems. Money can cause you problems. That, mo- that amount of money will definitely cause you problems. Don't do it. And then there's, like, the, the, the movie's gratuitous as fuck. It, it is gratuitous as all get out. There's a scene where these guys are, are chasing Hugh Jackman, and he already crashed a car and did a bunch of shit in front of his ex-wife's house. So ar- already, like, he's fucked, but nobody cares. But then he jumps down a cliff. He literally jumps down a cliff, in Malibu, towards the beach. And Don Cheadle jumps after him. Jumps, not dumps. Jumps after him. And Don Cheadle's boy jumps after him too. And they fall for what feels like 20 minutes. And it's like, how long can you fucking slide down a goddamn cliff? And nobody's really hurt or died. They're just a little out of breath at the end of the day. Like, what the fuck, man? And I'm talking, they're doing flips and cartwheeling, and then there's a, a tarp at one point, and they just slide down the tarp, and it's like, whoa! And then they finish from sliding down the tarp into, like, a run. And then the other guy, the other police guy, like, rolled up in his car, like, ha-ha, I cut you off at the pass. Even though no one told him where they were going, he just knew. So, it's one of those. But yeah, man. That's where the the carnivore conversation takes place with Don Cheadle and uh, Hugh Jackman. And it just, it struck me as so fucking hilarious that they were righteously up in arms in the year 2000 or 2001. And we get so righteously fucked in 2018. But yeah, I mean, it was also interesting. So Hugh Jackman had borrowed Holly Berry's car to go on this errand. Uh, so I, I guess just to summarize the plot, uh, Hugh Jackman is a, a convicted hacker who's on parole and can't touch a computer. They recruit him to do a job, right? A heist. And hopefully they'll help him out with his daughter, but then there's a lot of stuff on the way. He's still trying to get custody of, do- of his daughter, uh, but he has no custody because he's literally a convicted felon. So this entire like conflict with the F- the FBI takes place right outside of his ex-wife's house where she lives now with her her new husband. And he crashes Holly Berry's car because he had asked her because they were like at a safe house or whatever the fuck. And he's like, hey, can I borrow your car? I, I want to go see, you know, or I got to go do something. And she's like, oh, if you're going to go see your daughter, blah, blah, blah. Throws him the keys. It's a fucking sob convertible. Gabriel is rolling a TVR Tuscan, which is a very rare car and she has a sob like the fuck like equal pay guys equal fucking pay oh god the more just the amount of dumb shit in this fucking movie right like then we find out oh gabriel's working for a senator what the fuck and then his whole plan is that he's like a secret fucking like i can't even keep I can't even keep the F word out of my mouth right now. I'm just, I'm so 
upset at this movie. It's so dumb. It's like two kids were sitting in the room and they're like, oh, but what if he works for the government? And then he's like, oh, that's cool. No, no, no. But what if, right? And it's just like, God damn it. And then Stanley's like, oh, I broke my own worms to do the thing to Carnivore and I hid them in a PDP tent. They'd never look there. It's like, motherfucker, a PDP ten? Really? Really? Kevin Mitnick would have found that shit. Fucking PDP ten. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. I feel like next somebody's gonna be a dragon. No one's a dragon, but it does it this is not the worst. It it gets worse. It progressively gets worse. These are all things that are relatively uh, chronological that I'm kind of going through because I'm remembering because I watched this last night. Uh, I didn't record last night because I was exhausted, uh, but I'm recording tonight. And while technically I have had half a beer, um, I, well, I had maybe three quarters of a beer because I had half of another one that I t- did not enjoy from the same brewery. But this is just dumb. And then there's a dead body that looks like Gabriel. And, like, it was that Hugh Jackman was trying to get another bottle, the same wine that he had. And the bottle was so located such that he found the dead body, but he said nothing to anyone. And Gabriel's looking at him like, I know you saw that. And Gabriel's always looking at him like, I know something. And it's really unnerving. And I think that's like a managerial tactic. I think... Actual managers do that, and they don't know shit. But <clears throat> right after that, there's a fucking shoot and drive. They're like, oh, no, they're on to me, right? Because the senator's like, uh, hey, you know, dog bites you once, you got to put it down. No matter no matter that dog loves you or what. Because uh, Gabriel's kind of going off the rails here. And um, they fucking kill, like, eight people. And it's this insane thing where they're driving the TVR and Gabriel has like 19 guns and he's like, take the wheel. And then he's standing up out of the convertible, just shooting to the left and right of him with handguns akimbo. Like if it was fucking goddamn hard boiled or some shit. Oh God, it was, it's so, it's so dumb. And I feel dumb. Uh, My anger is making me dumb. My vocabulary is failing me and cannot express my exasperation with this movie and the spiral of stupidity that we are on together at this point. We are together on this spiral of stupidity. If you saw this movie with me, and by with me I mean like when I said, hey, I'm going to watch this movie, pause here, and maybe I I put the fucking sound in there. Maybe I didn't. I don't know yet because I don't know if I like the sound yet or not. Uh, But I did record it and I did mess with it a tiny, tiny bit. So they're still messing with to be done. Anyway, if you're with me on this, I apologize. I apologize, but this was what was what was next in the pile. It was next in the stack. It's there. There are other movies in the stack that I also don't like, but for different reasons, and I have always not liked them. It's not that I just like realized 18 years later or, or whatever that I didn't like them. No, I always didn't like them. Um, <clears throat> but this movie, I... Th- I actually think that I liked at the time, and that's the scary part. That is the fucking terrifying part. That is what bothers me the most, that I think I liked this movie. I don't remember the majority of it, 
though. So that was at least a good excuse to me. Be like, hey, I don't, I don't remember this, but sure. So I watched more carefully this time. So additionally, uh, and I, I made a note of this, additionally, when Gabriel's like literally fucking Matrix reloaded, cutting cars in half with guns and shit, there's like a, a, a music cue that's almost like the Matrix like, and it's really annoying to me how, how shitty it, like it's trying to be, like how fucking cheesy of a ripoff it is. The plot, I think, if you really want to get at this from a, an academic point of view, I think that this plot was inspired by film noir, right? Film noir often has a lot of twists and turns. However, however, fucking however, it'll usually end up making a goddamn lick of sense. And even though we see from the perspective of the, well, A, there is a detective character, period. Not just a co-conspirator, fucking. Uh, anyway. We see from their perspective, and, and we do, we see from Hugh Jackman's character's perspective, but they need to be ahead of us. Hugh Jackman is never ahead of the audience. Fucking not once. If anything, he's behind the audience a ton. And that shit is just so dumb and frustrating. <sighs> Creates no real tension. It's just, it's just dumb. It's really dumb, and my screensaver came on because I haven't touched anything on the computer for a little bit. So that was scary. But it's really dumb, and. Then Gabriel actually goes and, and flies over to where the senator was, which how the senator is just in charge of the shit is kind of beyond me, but it seems like it's not on the up and up. It seems definitely not on the up and up. And uh, flies over there, and this is a scene where he's fly fishing in a creek and a helicopter rolls through, and that scene had stuck in my mind for a long time. And he goes on this whole fucking weird diatribe about protecting America and all this shit, and then he shoots the fucking senator straight up. But the thing is, like, the way that they frame it, it's that he is, Gabriel is, um, and Gabriel is John Travolta's character, he is bucking these old ways, these old rules, and being this, like, rogue anti-hero hero, and, and shooting the no-good politician like fuck those politicians right and this is a really weird sentiment because he's a murderer he has murdered so many fucking people already he is he, he literally in the opening sequence right after he fucking you sly dog you almost caught me monologuing right after he monologues he is responsible for putting bomb vests on hostages and one of them getting blown up. This is not an anti-hero. This is not 
a hero of any fucking type. This is like, what if the message of Fight Club went wrong? And people were like, I should be Tyler Durden. That is a problem with Fight Club. People do think that. That's not the point. Right? This is the problem with Swordfish. People do worship Gabriel. I don't know what the point is in Swordfish. I think that is the point. And I'll get to that. But we're not at the worst yet. Interestingly enough, though, I will say that uh, there's one bodyguard in the bank that looks like uh, Rambo had a baby with Elton John. He's dressed like Elton John, has an Elton John haircut and Elton John glasses. However, he's like 6'4 and like deed up to the max. So I don't know, but he looks like Rambo, Elton John. Uh, maybe Elton John 2.0. So. And I hate going, I hate, I'm not trying to nitpick. This movie genuinely has this much bullshit. I'm skipping over a lot. But fucking Fortnite. Yes, I'm, I said the word Fortnite. So you know this is going to be obnoxious. Has a flying bus. Guess what? In this movie, they take a bus full of hostages wired up with fucking pipe bombs. And they hook it up to a helicopter and they fly the bus to the top of a skyscraper in LA. Holy shit. This is where the God in 60 Seconds stuff, like, it literally looks like I'm watching God in 60 Seconds. It's not painful. Uh, so it is painful, but not because of that. It is just obnoxious. It is annoying. I did not have any recollection of this bus scene whatsoever by this time i had probably stopped watching the movie a long long time ago but yeah no i fucking it's god i just i feel so this movie has made me juvenile this isn't the worst this is not the worst this is not the worst but this is like Uh, so Gabriel is on this the movie takes Gabriel onto this journey where he is becoming this anti-hero this rogue that doesn't let rules stop him or fucking human life right he's on he had this whole diatribe on you know how many people would you kill to save the world one innocent you know ten a hundred a thousand a million um, Hugh Jackman's character maybe appropriately appropriately uh, says no I don't have the right to to make that decision and then Gabriel kind of gives up the goods and he's like no I work for the secret thing and you know we we're, our whole job is to dissuade terrorism they blow up one church we blow up ten and it's like I don't that's not good violence just begets violence but Gabriel, uh, again, these are, are writers, capital W writers, that are like, oh, well, Gabriel is the, the guardian angel of, of Israel, so we're going to name this character uh, uh, Gabriel, you know? Like, it'll be a really, like, cool, like, biblical thing, like like Stanley Jobson, right? Like, like God, like, is taking stuff from Stanley Jobson, and he's going to struggle, and it's going to be struggle salad. And I'm, 
I don't know why Holly Berry's called Ginger. I think they just couldn't think of anything sexy um, from the Bible. The Bible, not not a terribly sexy book. Although I've heard that Jesus had abs. Or at least I've seen that. But the Old Testament, not so much. So Stanley, in the beginning of the movie, is fucking monologuing with a weird, not normal focal plane uh, camera trick. And he's talking about Dog Day Afternoon and how Al, Pacino wa Al Pacino's character wanted to get caught and that he could have just done things differently had he wanted to to get out and you know then they go on like well no that wouldn't work and whatever uh don Cheadle and uh and hugh jackman are there at the time and and gabriel goes around but like oh no but people want the happy ending right people want the happy ending and it's this weird uh, shit-tier Tarantino fucking comparison to the movie that they're in now that everybody wants the happy And fucking Hugh Jackman ends up... Well, so Gabriel killed Ginger. Fucking strung her up. Stanley saved her life, and then he shoots her. And then he's escaping from the skyscraper on a helicopter but in the Fortnite bus there was a goddamn rocket launcher and stanley goes and straight murders everyone in that helicopter because it's all the goons and stuff like that but um he just murders them he takes out the helicopter he blows that shit up and the cops are like no don't do it put the fucking weapon down but they don't get him and they're just like oh shucks and it's like no on on no fucking planet is this okay? Like, you can't just murder a bunch of people on a helicopter. I'm pretty sure that they'll send your ass to jail for that, regardless of who they were. Um, they'll at least try. And if you're already convicted for things, it'll, it'll be worse. But... He goes to the morgue to identify Gabriel. And he notices that it's the frozen dead body. Like, it clicks for him. Even though it would have clicked for a million people. And they show you a glimpse of him seeing somebody out of the corner of his eye running down the stairs when the helicopter blows up. And it's so cheesy and dumb and annoying. And then they flash to, like, Monaco or something, and Ginger walks into a bank and takes nine billion dollars out roughly and then she and gabriel are on a boat and they're like i think there's voiceover at some point or or somebody was talking in the morgue like oh no he's an uh an ex-mossad agent uh blah 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 and hence gabriel guardian angel of israel and then there's a newscast as they're on their yacht that's like uh and another terrorist has been blown up on his yacht blah 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 and then there's another like bigger yacht that blows up and it's like, he murdered untold amount of amounts of innocence. Like, at least 20 people died directly that we know of. Plus, there was a dead body. Plus, 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 plus so many things we don't know. 
He killed so many innocent people to get $9 billion to do whatever the fuck he wanted with Holly Berry. And it was just a fucking mind fuck the whole time. And apparently he had it all planned out because he's a goddamn alpha. And he's just going to go fucking keep killing people. And that is the happy ending that the movie is talking to us about. That is the motherfucking happy ending on what planet? On what fucking planet is that the happy ending? That is like the darkest fucking timeline. This movie is so fucked in retrospect. It is so terrible. I'm aghast that it even fucking came out. Um, my defense, I was 15 or whatever age I was. And I didn't know. I couldn't see past my own nose. Sometimes I still can't. But in watching this movie with um, critical eyes, holy fuck. Holy fuck. I need to look up the screenwriter. Um, I feel like I did already. But if you'll bear with me one second. MDB. Swordfish. And uh, I need to see the uh, the director as well. Details. Oh, there was a website game. Okay. All right. Director by Dominic Senna. Dominic Senna, but up, California, another movie where you're supposed to root for the murderers. Uh, and I think that's it, man. I'm that all. I, I, I mean, obviously, other. Oh, he directed Gone in sixty seconds. Oh fuck. Well, that explains a lot. Um, he directed a ton of shit, a bunch of music videos and stuff like that. That's Dominic Seta, but California was like uh, one of the movies he's known for, and definitely that glorifies straight killing people. Uh, Gun in 60 Seconds does not. Gun in 60 Seconds is like, let's fucking glorify stealing cars, but don't fucking, don't fucking kill people. Um, writer is Skip Woods. All right, let's see what Skip Woods has for us. Writing screenplay for Swordfish, uh, the film adaptation for the Hitman video game series, and the fifth installment of the Die Hard franchise, A Good Day to Die Hard. Uh, he lives in Austin, Texas. Woods is also a partner in Wetwork Tactical, uh, a weapons handling and tactics consulting firm. This motivated him to begin writing action films, and this sounds about right. He wrote dialogue, uh, this is trivia in IMDb, he wrote dialogue for Bruce Willis and Live Free or Die Hard that was instead used for A Good Day to Die Hard. That sounds awful. And I don't want to 
it's hard to make a movie. It's hard to write a movie. I'm not going to put this on the shoulder of Skip Woods or Dominic Senna. I think that there's a collective fucking effort to fuck this movie up by a lot of people who weren't necessarily working day-to-day on it or whatever the case was. But the end result is that this movie is a movie that is marketable to, I don't know, 12 to 17-year-olds. And I may be conservative with that date range. Uh, It probably would go higher. Males. Um, I mean, probably white, I don't know, but definitely males in the 12 to 17 year range. People who liked Scarface because they liked the character Scarface and they wanted to be Scarface. Like this douchebag fucking, this movie, I, I've, this movie is the meathead prestige. I'm sure you've seen the prestige that is the Christopher Nolan magician movie as opposed to the magician movie that Ed Norton was in, which was not as good, in my opinion, in my recollection, I should say, because I only saw that one once. I've seen The Prestige a couple times. But this is a meathead, The Prestige, and The Prestige is Gabriel Shear being able to murder, steal, and, you know, like, exploit people with no fucking consequences whatsoever and be lauded as a hero for doing it it's such a shitty shitty character and i don't know i mean listen the movie got made and everybody got paid off of it and congratulations to them it is a professional actual hollywood movie but it does not stand the test of time and i'm not going to call anybody out like going fucking back in time or anything and try to get them fired that is not the look here because um, had this movie been made now, it would have been different. Had it been made 10 years before then, it would have been a little different too. Uh, dumber, probably. Because movies made in the late 80s, early 90s tended to be dumb as fuck. There are exceptions to that, but, you know, popcorn action flicks. Like Under Siege, like, I'm a karate cook, right? Fucking Steven Seagal, I'm a karate cook. I can barely see, I'm so squinty. Whatever. Anyway. That was Swordfish. That was Swordfish, and I'm sorry that I went on a fucking rant. Sorry that I dropped so many F-bombs. I apologize for being incoherent, probably for 90% of this. It just... It offended me that I liked this movie at one point. It offended me that I was that person. Like, I offended me. The movie is the movie. The movie has no agency, no intention. Oh, I mean, maybe it does have intention, per se, but it does not act as a human acts, right? It didn't go out and deliberately, like, fuck me and say, you know, fuck you, Mark. No, that's not how that worked. It. I am offended by my previous beliefs to have not seen this for what it was. But again, different times. I was... uh a different person back then. But setting the offensive parts aside, nothing in this movie is particularly good. It is just straight male power fantasy. Without that, there is no TVR, there is no Paul Oakenfold, 
there is no crazy LA parties or Malibu house or any, none of it, none of it, none of it, none of it. You strip that single thing away and there's nothing left. What it could have started out as was maybe a really interesting film noir. It could have been heavily inspired by one evenly, uh, even, and then just really dressed up uh, to, to, to meet expectations. And apparently it did because it got, got made, you know, uh, what is the budget? How much money did this acquire to get made? I would love to know. Came out uh, June 8th, 2001. Uh, box uh, budget was 102, $102 million. And uh, opening weekend, it made 18 mil. Gross USA, 69 mil. Uh, worldwide, 147 mil. So worldwide, it made its money back, but it did not seem to do too well at all. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not going to do the user review things. Uh, I think Paul Shear definitely has a good monopoly on going through user reviews and finding out all the good ones, but you can do that too. Some fucking how, though, I'm genuinely shocked. On IMDb, this is a 6.5 movie. Um, somehow. I think if it's just competently made and has good actors and very pretty women, that you might get a decent rating on IMDb. I think that's that's what it is. But there's nothing here. There's nothing to this movie. And every time I rewatch a movie from my youth that I idolize and I find nothing to be there, it's just... It, it, it hurts. It hurts and it offends me. And then I'm upset at myself. And then I, I, I need to vent. So I guess this is my vent right now for... For Swordfish. So thank you for, for sticking with me. I feel better now, actually. I genuinely do. I feel much, much better. My voice hurts, but I feel better. So yeah. Uh, that's been Swordfish. I am Mark. Mark. I, sometimes I have problems saying my own name, Mark. It's weird. You can tweet at me at cool Mark D, cool with a C and Mark with a K. You can also find that in the show notes, probably if I write them correctly. And uh, you can find these podcasts. Uh, uh, I guess I'm going to be submitting to iTunes and Google Play and stuff like that pretty soon because I'm doing enough of these. But I'm losing of the sleep. So maybe this is also why I'm kind of off the rails today because I've been doing this late at night. I, I you know, something's got to give, and I have work and family, so I guess I'm not sleeping. But you can find these hopefully on iTunes and Google Play. Please rate, like, subscribe, uh, leave a comment. Those are good, and they'll help other people find it. I don't think I'm ever going to be doing a lists podcast because there are a lot of good ones already out there. Uh, some that I listened to already. So <clears throat> there's no point. This is more of a personal, visceral kind of view and evaluation or maybe 
second view because uh, a lot of the movies that I have here in Mark's movie collection, which is hundreds of movies that I do need to catalog at some point, I've already seen that most aren't new to me. Some are actually um, because I inherited a lot of these from my wife as well. And from folks that are just like, hey, I'm, I'm getting rid of these old DVDs, you want them? And I'm like, absolutely. Because that is the kind of person that I am. So, we'll, I'll just kind of go through it together. And I, I usually try to get that out of the way at the top. Be like, hey, I saw this movie, I liked it, let's see what's up. That was a case for Swordfish, and we found it to be lacking. Found it to be wanting in all the ways that one could want a movie. So, yeah. That's it. I, I feel better. I hope you feel better. And uh, I'll catch you next time. Let me actually figure out what movie is going to be next. And I will drop that here so you can watch it beforehand or or just not be surprised. Hold on a second. So I will be watching 1999's Pitch Black starring Vin Diesel. Uh. I believe, by all accounts, that this is a good movie. I feel like a lot of people have said that. I saw it about a million years ago once, so I have vague recollections of it. We will see if that holds true, I guess. You know, maybe Mark's movie collection is really kind of uh, confronting your past or your past self. I, I don't know if that's a little too, um, a little too pretentious. It might be. Might be a little too pretentious. But maybe I am too. I mean, I'm the one making a podcast about all the movies that I have. So, you know, fuck me, right? Anyway, tune in next week for Pitch Black. <laughs>